Welcome to episode 13 of Oral Phonic, a Podfic podcast. Today we are doing AMA, Ask Me Anything, part two, to finish the rest of the questions that you guys sent in. And I'm Jenna Pod, and I have with me Jodificus and Patika. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's exciting that we made it to second, you know, from going from being afraid that we get nothing to having two episodes, go us. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Good news. We held strong on our hour-long episode there, and we, we've got <laughs> plenty enough for this episode. So so um, we've got a little bit of news first. I think Padika has something. Purim Gifts, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sorry if I'm not. Is asking if anyone is interested in having Podfic included for the 2016 round, which starts in January. The mod laid out some kind of like a draft of how it could be included and was asking for podfickers to comment and see if that was okay. So we'll link to that post in our notes. And kudos to them for being proactive about, you know, not waiting for a podficker to ask them for inclusion, but actually suggesting it, gauging interest. That's great. That's what we like to see. (laughs) (laughs) Another piece of news is Hobbit Big Bang, which... Seems to be open to a lot of alternative fan works, not just fic. So I checked that out. We'll put the link in the post. They seem to be all for collaborations as well, which is pretty cool. So if you want to do like a pod together thing, you could do that. If you get someone to do some art for your pod book, uh, that would count as a collaboration. Yeah, it seems it seems pretty cool and welcoming. So go check it out. Signups open December 9th. So we got a talk back from Love the Heaven because somebody loves me and wanted to answer my question about whether or not anyone out there truly unironically loves Teen Wolf. And here's what she had to say. Okay, so I confess. I love Teen Wolf. It doesn't mean I'm not critical of it, but I get attached to particular shows and particular characters and ships and canon shifts. I hope for the best, and I can express disappointment in certain aspects of the show, but it's because I still think highly enough of it. I still can get disappointed. She also had some um, interesting stuff to say about the parent-children relationships in the show on our AO3 post for that episode, so go check that out if you're interested. Oh, yeah, that's right. She did a whole huge comment about it. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also had one of the talkbacks from last episode. We got slightly distracted by Rena's coming in, and I think we missed one bit, and that was Mumble Doom, who had some really interesting things to say about kind of going down the rabbit hole of the fandom, and <laughs> that's here. So um, because I'm a total lurker, this has been my first inkling that I'm not alone in my feelings on the matter of hating the show, not the fandom much like fandom itself as a whole, like it's great to know that there are people out there who have similar views. So I got into the Teen Wolf fandom because an author I loved at the time, who was probably writing Merlin fix, Ruta Stiles' Derek story. Um, and at this point, I don't even remember what the story was, who the author was, um, because this this was in my total creeper days of never leaving kudos or comments on anything ever. Um, and actually, I don't even remember what site this was on. I really enjoy following authors and readers both uh, down rabbit holes in spe- into specific fandoms that I've never experienced. We've all been there. I mean, that's pretty much how I find fandoms. I find them because I see a summary that I like or an author that I like is posted in a new fandom. Like, it's 
90% of how I find new fandoms and I love it. it for me too. I actually don't consume that yeah. much media. Mm. So I choose like what media to consume based on the fandoms around it. Yeah. Like how much podfic there is, is a huge factor. I got into American Idol because I, for some reason, thought there was a lot of podfic for it. There wasn't. <laughs> um, but I for sure got pulled into Bandom just because I had so many fr- podficer friends who were into Bandom. And then I was like, well, <laughs> let's listen to your podfic. You just made it so that there was a lot of podfic. <laughs> <laughs> like Avengers, I was kind of like, eh, I've seen the movies. Let's listen to a podfic. And then like 20 podfics <laughs> later, I'm like, shit, man. <laughs> I'm in this fandom. (laughs) (laughs) And like sometimes I'll come across something that doesn't have a lot of podfic and I'll like want to like make it bigger, but how successful I am really depends. (laughs) Well, it worked with um, American Idol. And that's been my best test case. My other attempts have not been as successful. (laughs) For me, kind of the opposite, like I went into person of interest recording a poppy thinking that there was none because I hadn't really seen any. And then I discovered that there was like pretty much every story had been podficked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a happy surprise. Yeah, no, it was good. <laughs> that was like one of the things that was so great when I did fall into Avengers because there was so much podfic already done. Like I was two or three years yeah. into the fandom before I joined it. So yeah. And with movie fandoms, there's a lot of hiatus for you to be creative. (laughs) So yeah, like, I definitely do not think Mumbledoom is alone at falling into fandoms because. (laughs) So I guess now we can move on to the main part of our episode. Okay, so then we got a question from Of Just Imagine, which was, what's the most difficult project you've worked on? What was so hard about it? And how did you overcome it? So I'll answer that first, if that's okay with you guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys remember Sweet Charity? I do. The movie? No. Oh, well, obviously you are too young for Sweet Charity. It okay. used to be a huge, huge, um, like, multi-fanish, multi-media fundraising event that they did once a year. It had its own website. You put yourself up for auction for... And it, it was great because it was inclusive. You could put yourself up for auction for knitting Doctor Who socks or you could put yourself up oh. for auction for podcasting, like anything. It was kind of one of the first well-organized yeah. one of those things that I've it seen. It was so well-organized. That I've seen in the modern, like I'm sure there was charity stuff beforehand, but it really kind of set a lot of the precedents for how these charity auctions happen now. And oddly enough, I've never seen one done as well as they did. Like they, no. the website that they had was amazing. Like they had like their own like kind of eBay type thing. Yeah, it was great. Anyway, I did that my first year on that. I was there a couple of years. I, silly, silly Dodie, didn't give enough limits on what I was offering. <laughs> so the, the person that won me, who I'd never heard of and I've never seen since, and I don't even believe I got any acknowledgement from them when I completed the thing, they bought me to record a podfic. And the podfic they wanted was a million words long. It's the longest podfic I've ever recorded. It ended up being 25 hours. Wow. Um, I'm sorry to if the author or the person that bought it, but it was not, it was a terrible, terrible story. I'm sorry. It was supernatural and it was Sam Dean and it, it was like a somebody kidnapped Dean and he was like in a cage and was like gang rape. It was like, it was oh. horrific. <laughs> it was so full on. If I was buying someone, I would make sure that. <laughs> 
normally I'm okay with like, you know, dubcon, noncon, but it was it was twenty five hours. It was every day for months mm. trying to record this story. And yeah, I just remember emailing Sybil back and forth, just kind of every day I'd be like, I can't do this, I can't do this. It's just it's oh. draining me. It's yeah. So it was it was this huge project. And like I'd email Sybil, I'd be like, is this person trolling me? Was this like was this person willing to spend a hundred bucks to kind of torment a pod figure to get them to record something terrible? And yeah, the worst is that they never, I mean, I only had an email address, so I didn't know who they were in, in fandom and I never heard from them. Like they never, you know, said, Oh, this was great. Or, you know, thanks for recording 25 hours of fucking supernatural rape fic. Um, yeah, it was, that's my worst experience. <laughs> And I overcame it by never putting it up anywhere. Like I sent it to her and or him, I don't even know. I sent it to them and yeah, I it's never it. appeared mm-hmm. anywhere else on the internet. Wow. I have a couple different answers for that for these questions, but one of them the first one that sprung to mind is a way less intense version of that story where someone bought me for a charity auction. It was a story that mm-hmm. I had actually read and liked before. But there was just something about the author's writing that didn't fit the rhythms of my speech. So yeah. every word was like pulling teeth. I mean, the story was like I liked it, but not not the level of like that you kind of need to podfix something that long. Because it was yeah. one of the, the longest things I had done at that point. Like it was yeah. above my comfort zone. Anyway, so that one was not super great for me. I've had other ones that were like difficult, like... Um, user sense was really emotionally draining, but I think that actually kind of like spurred me on because it was emotionally yeah. draining. I, I like thought it was really well for that. Yeah, I think for me, it would be the first really long podfic I did, which was only, I mean, it was like six hours, you know. That's long. Right, which is long. The main problem was not even just the podfic itself. I lived in a shared house with about five bedroom house that at various times because of couples or whatever had, I think about seven people in it. And it was this old Victorian creaky. It was the worst place to podfic ever. And I used to podfic downstairs in the, we had a little like kind of officey room downstairs. And it was, it was like, cause my bedroom was too big. The acoustics everywhere were horrific, but like I used to do short podfics and it wasn't a big deal, but then, and I, so I never really, I knew it was a bit of a pain, but I didn't know how badly. And there was also this like, it can't have been AC because obviously we didn't have AC, but there was some unit that like turned on in the middle of the night. And I would always like start podficking at like midnight or something when like, basically I would wait for everyone to go to bed because if anyone was up, it was too loud you could be two floors up and somebody could be walking and the creaking of the floorboards would get recorded. That's and so I would wait till everybody was asleep and then I could do it in like 30 minute boosts because those were the sections yeah. where this unit wasn't turned on. So I would like podfic for 30 minutes and then I would like read for 30 minutes until this thing turned <laughs> off and then I would podfic again. And I was doing it like, and I was working at the time, so I don't even know what I was doing. But like, then I would basically stop when the birds started. Like, it was horrible. And it was so, everything I recorded was just these little sections. And I was so like stressed. And I was trying to get it done because somebody else was podficking. We were supposed to like co release. And oh, it's that rugby fic. Like, it's a story I love. And I really love the podfic, but when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, all the things, like it still has sounds that I never managed to get out because the house was just, it was just bad. It was not, I never recorded anything long in that place again. 
you know, even if you tried to do this podcast, you would just hear everything. And I know that some people don't mind that, but in my own podfic, I mind it, you know? Yeah. Cause it, it was such, it was to such a ridiculous degree, you know, it wasn't even practical. I get that. Like, and when you have those things that turn on and off, it makes it harder to edit because you can't like move things around as much. Or if you make a cut at the wrong place, it's just mm-hmm. like suddenly you've got background noise and then you don't. Mm. Yeah. And there were sections yeah. that, I recorded with it on, but it was so loud that I like scrapped whole sections and just gave up. Like it wasn't like a small hum. Like that was also my old computer, which had a fan that made noise, which definitely made it hard to skip sections around. But um, I kind of live with the computer fan. But this, you, I can't, it's so funny. I can't remember what that was. Maybe it was the boiler or something, I guess. Just an old creaky house, you know, like, and combined with this like behemoth of a thing that turned on. And then like, I remember like six months later, I mean, one of my old flatmates was back visiting and we were just talking about something and she was like, you know, you can turn that off. Right. And like, the switch. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> because, because I just realized what it was, was it was somehow connected to, to the light. So I had to podfic in the dark. That's what it was. And if somebody went, the bathroom was right next to this. It was next door to the office thing. And if someone went to the bathroom and turned on the bathroom light, boom, the unit started. And that's what it was. So I was like living in fear that anybody would come downstairs and go into that bathroom. God, it's so stupid. But yeah, <laughs> I think the answer to all of that is you can't do anything other than just like push through if you want to get the project I was kind of like, we didn't really say like, how did we overcome it? It sounds like how we overcame it was stubbornness. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have, I don't have good coping mechanisms. Like with, with all of us, I think the thing that really pushed us to finish it was outside commitment. Like Dodie exactly. and I did it for charity. Jen had someone co-potting it. Like, you know, I've done that where I started projects. And if I start reading something and my reading style doesn't match up with the author's writing style, I'll scrap it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, me too. Even if it's a story that I love and adore, it's just like, nope, that's going to be too painful. Sometimes it just doesn't work, you know, and that's okay. Yeah. The only times I've pushed through that is when there's some sort of obligation. Yeah, same. I guess that's not like if you're struggling and you want coping mechanisms, find an outside pressure. (laughs) Well, I think the other thing I would say about that, that's the one where Greedy Dancer came in and baited part of it for me. So Mm. if you can pull somebody in to do any of the editing, any of the baiting, just to like kind of take it off your shoulders so you're not panicking, that's helpful. And also just like maybe let go of some of, if it's a question of like mine was where some of it is the perfectionist tendencies, if you can just let go and be like, look, this project is going to have to look like that. Like there are sounds in there that is literally, I can't re-record that's over my voice and this is just going to happen. I need to let go of it, you know, because it's yeah. just one project, you know, and you can do it differently on the next one. The other thing that I'd add actually kind of fits in a bit better with the next question. So I'm going to read this off. It's from Greedy Dancer. And she is asking, how do you sustain motivation through long works and progresses? So let's do that in two parts. How do you sustain motivation through long works and progress? And one of the things that I was going to say that helps is give me a deadline. <laughs> I work yeah. well to deadlines. Not That's not going to work for everyone. But like if I have like a date that this needs to get done by, that really motivates me. Like that's what's getting me through my Marvel Big Bang right now. I've got a posting date. It's got to be done by then. Yeah. 
I know that people ask for extensions and, you know, post later and all that kind of thing. But I, I feel the same way as I do about like work stuff. Like if you give me a deadline, generally I'll meet, I'll go to it because that's just like, yes. I put that in my calendar and that's the thing I'm working towards, yeah. you know, usually yeah. with me, if something's in my calendar. <laughs> Even if you end up having to ask for an extension, the fact that you work so hard to meet that original deadline yeah. means that you get a lot more chunks done. Um, and I yeah. guess that's not super in line with works in progress because I don't think I've ever posted a work in progress for a challenge that had have. like a hardcore deadline. You can set artificial deadlines with works in progress, though, being like, OK, we're going to post a chapter every month. Like the one work in progress that I posted as a podfic that actually finished, I was podficking it <laughs> as the author. Like it was a work in progress for the mm, author as yeah. well. So I tried mm-hmm. to keep my updates pretty in line with her updates. It didn't always work, especially by the end. But have you guys done very many? Like, have you posted works in progress? I don't post works in progress. I finished the project before I posted. Okay, so I'm the only one that's done that. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I've done two. One I never finished. (laughs) And I really love the story. And I still think about it and, you know, think about going back and finishing that. Although that story was also a work in progress and it is not completed (laughs) and it's years old. So it's not getting done. But the only one that that I finished was Track This Thread, which was Mm. the sequel to my crying podfic that I talk about all the time. (laughs) Like I said, I, I tried to keep it close to the author. You know, what really helped keep me motivated was people asking about updates. No, I lied. I currently have a work in progress. Oh, gosh. I forgot about it because I've only posted completed stories, but it is a series. So I've said that I'm going to podfic the entire series, and I've posted the first... I don't consider that a work in progress, though. Well, the stories are complete, but they're, like, they're pretty cliffhangy. They're not super complete on their own. Like, the author has them written as a series, but, like, you're not satisfied by the ending of them. (laughs) But it's, like, 160K, and I've posted the first two parts as ITPE last year, and I haven't posted the third part, even though I'm almost done. Right. And I really want to finish those, but I got distracted with other projects. That's a big problem for me. And that's also why I tend to wait to ask for permission until I'm done a podfic because I get distracted really easily. I have a lot of podfics that I've recorded and haven't even touched. So Greedy Dancer had a second question. Um, What's changed in your outlook on podfics since you started? I think, Dodie, you're the the longest standing person, so maybe you should start. Uh, I have a lot less fucks to give now. (laughs) Like... I just, you know, we went, as a podfic community, we went through that whole stage where we really cared about what people thought of us and, you know, I I, I couldn't give a shit. Like, seriously, I I think that that's really the thing that's most changed about my outlook on podfic. Yeah, I just don't mm-hmm. care that much anymore about, you know, if somebody leaves a weird comment on one of my podfics, now I get amused rather than, you know, worked up or something like yeah. that. Do we think that podfic fandom is less stressful to be in than it used to? I mean, I don't know, wank-wise, not, you know, with the outside fandom. and Most of the or... wanking podfic fandom comes from within podfic fandom. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I probably am I'm less stressed at this exact moment because I made a conscious choice to take a step back. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I get a lot less joy out of it. Like, the peak of podfic fandom for me was, like, 2010, where, like, there was... 
some wank going on, but it was mostly outside. We mostly ignored it. Mm -hmm. But there was so much joy and togetherness and closeness in the Podfic fandom. That was kind of the peak for me. Not to say that we've gone like horribly downhill, but the dynamics have changed. We're like, at that time, everyone was talking Podfic all the time. Now we've talked a lot of it out. We don't need to have those conversations anymore. And there's a lot yeah. more of us. So it's not like, oh, you're a Podfic or we're immediately best friends, which we kind of had back yeah. then. It's like, oh, you're yeah. a Podfic or we might be friends, but we might not. And that's, <laughs> you know, overall healthier. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. And there is a lot more internal wank that I see in Podfic fandom, whereas, like, sure. yeah, before we kind of band together as, like, us against the world, and now it's sometimes, like, us against us. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of that is just a size thing, surely. I mean, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, like, the Podfic fandom is so much bigger than it used to be, so you're going to get natural um, separation between... And fandom so much bigger than it used to be. Yeah, that too. And more visible and more known and all those kind of things. Yeah, so we're getting a lot of people with like a lot more varied histories Mm -hmm. joining fandom in general and and Podfic fandom by extension. Which is cool. And I think it's bringing on that whole thing about, I mean, we've been talking in recent episodes about all the cool things people are doing with music and sound effects and filking and, you know, stuff that that wasn't happening at the beginning yeah. of Podfic fandom because people were learning to Podfic, right? Exactly. But now people are doing all these cool projects and really, I don't know, like experimenting with the form, I guess. And that's a really cool thing. I think it's a natural evolution. And I can say as much as like, oh, 2010 was my peak Podfic time of happiness. <laughs> but I think it's a natural progression that needs to happen. And you always have that habit of looking back with rose-tinted glasses where it's like, yeah. I remember all of the amazing parts. I don't remember as much the fact that, like, oh, God, there was only five Podfics in my fandom, and that sucks. <laughs> Whereas, like, now there's so much more pod. You know, back then, you could easily follow, like, every Podfic that was being posted. Which yeah. is crazy You now, can't yeah. do that now. Like, it was every Podfic in every fandom you could follow. Like, you definitely can't do that now. Like, there's certain fandoms, like, I'm not even keeping up on all of the Marvel Podfics these days. And that's my primary fandom. So, like, I think there's a lot of, like, natural growth that has happened to the fandom that is really good, but changed it. When I first saw that question, I took it a lot more, a much more internal look at it. And my first thought was my abilities like Mm, i my abilities have changed and i've gotten a lot more confident in my abilities literally my motivation for starting podfic was like i'm so desperate to listen to podfic that i'll listen to anything so surely (laughs) someone will listen to me (laughs) oh that's hilarious you've gone from that attitude to like 100 percent crazy perfectionist (laughs) i know that's so funny I will say, it's not that my perfectionist tendencies just cropped up later. They were there at that time. I just was able to overcome them, whereas before they might have been paralyzed. Like, I never write fic because I know there's so much good fic out there. And if I put years of practice into it, I'm sure I could write a good fic. But fuck, I'm not doing that now. So I just never write anything. Not because I'm not capable, but because... It's too paralyzing knowing that, like, my abilities aren't at perfection yet. So it (laughs) doesn't stop me from being perfectionist. It just gave me enough motivation to overcome it. I mean, the next question, which was from the EMF, EMEF on email was, tell me your origin stories. What was your first time like? I feel like Patek has kind of started that. 
I think it's funny you saying that about like, oh, at least somebody will listen to me because like I wanted to podfic for ages because basically I was like, well, I really like to read aloud and I really like to edit. I did like much more video than audio editing at uni. And so I was basically like, people will listen I'm to sorry, me. Jen, uh-huh. Did you just volunteer to edit every episode of our podcast? Is that what I just heard? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I did. I may have changed my mind since like, I don't want to edit every episode of the podcast, but, but I do, you know, there are people who podfic and hate editing, you know, like they see like only the recording is the fun bit. Whereas like, I definitely always saw it as like two different things, both of which I liked the recording bit is slightly more fun, but I don't think it's like the only bit I enjoy. I wouldn't want to only edit, but. Going back to my origins, not to steal your thunder or anything, which uh-huh, I'm totally uh-huh, doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I, I was a vitter before I got into podfic. So and vidding, oh, like yeah, that's all intensive editing. So maybe that's where my intensive editing started. Ah, uh, yeah. See, <laughs> when you were saying like you have a history of like you enjoy reading and stuff like that out loud. Yeah. With hindsight, I recognize that that's a bigger part of it. Like I used to read out loud to like my cousins all the time. I like mm-hmm. at one point tried to record myself with like a tape deck reading Narnia for my, my cousins to listen to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My brother and I have some old stories on tape that we like dictated stuff some made up some read you know so i i don't know maybe it's a an inherent thing that you just enjoy you know like i think that's like i was totally the kid who was in class and wanted to be the one that got to read aloud you know when you like switch paragraphs around the room i was like i want the long paragraph come on like why are you letting that person read they're not even good at it in high school in an english class you'd go around and you'd read until you made a mistake and so I would always read the longest. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why didn't my teacher do that? That's so great. Let me just end that. Like, I mean, the only thing I would say is the first thing I did was Awesome Ladies. I think I was maybe talking to Bessie at the time. Like I had just gotten to know her anyway, just from Twitter. Yeah. And it seemed like a really like low entry kind of thing. Record these little things and then they they compile it and everything. So you don't mm. have to do anything there. Just send your file. So that was the first thing I did and I found it. I was like, okay, this is excellent. I want to do more of this. So how about you, Jody? You've been podficking the longest. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's a bit of a, a crossover with yours. Like, there was so little podfic that I was like, even though my <laughs> thing is crappy, everyone's going to listen to it because <laughs> they have no choice. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the low barrier to entry thing again. Look, the the strongest memory I have of my first podfic is having so much trouble with the first, I think it was like the first sentence or the first paragraph. Do you know how many times I had to try and say desalinization? (laughs) I wish I had have kept the bloopers because I'm sure it was like 10 minutes of me trying to say that word. And it just, yeah, it was, it was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it was just not a lot of people were doing it and I knew I could, and I knew it could be a way to kind of inch into fandom being active a bit more. And yeah, I like reading aloud. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't look, I went through a stage where I really regretted having those crappy first few podfics out there, but that's my history. And I think the performance is still pretty good. It's just the, the sound that's bad. Or if you take a leaf out of uh, I think it was Parika who thought that I did it deliberately. Then it was, you know, an awesome sound effect. <laughs> that was totally me. Well, there you go. Um, from Dragon Girl. Uh, these are actually from the talkback that we moved down here. And it's a couple questions around music in Podfic. 
hearing about the history and kind of podfic cultural context of using sound effects in the podfic community was really interesting to me. It helped to explain some of the things I had wondered about in older podfic, why so many used either really long musical intros and extras, or else no music at all, and also why sound effects were so rare in older podfic, and why some people offered musicless versions. It never occurs to me that people, you know, don't know the same things that, you know, that some people weren't there during our whole meta about music, you know, years ago. And yeah. It does occur to me simply because I know I'm more intense than the average person when it comes to public meta. Because she asked about, like, the legal concerns. Um, Has anyone ever had any problems with music and sound effects? Are there legal concerns for how we use sound effects and music in podfic? I mean, we've all heard about the battles people who make vids have had with things getting taken down for including copyrighted audio. Has this been a problem in Podfic? If so, how has the community handled it in the past? And I remember that we did, that like there was a whole stage where people's Podfics were getting taken off, you know, media hosting, like sense space. But everything. I don't think that was because of the actual music clips. It's because they thought they were like songs and whatnot because a lot of people name their fix after a song title or a song yes. lyric so yeah. i don't think it was actually putting songs yeah it's kind of debatable where that was coming from but there was a period of takedown notices that yeah. i guess your site has kind of done away with because most of us host there now mm. <laughs> awkward <laughs> silence the only time i've seen someone specifically mention the legality is years ago podcast in Podfic Meta, at the time she didn't like music in Podfic. She since completely changed her opinion on that. But at the time, yeah, she didn't like it, and she kind of wrote a post about why she doesn't like music in Podfic. And she ended it with like, "Also, it's more illegal." Uh, yes, I went there. <laughs> I like how isn't, it's more illegal. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Isn't isn't there something like if you use less than fifteen seconds or like? That's it, what I thought. Yeah, and that's I think what most people. Well, first of all, like. How you view the legality of fandom, I think, says a lot about your age and how much you care about it. Like, when I joined fandom, it was like, yeah, it's illegal, but who cares? Now there's a lot more of like, no, it's totally legal. And so, like, my feelings about a lot of it sometimes is like, who cares if it's illegal? That's on record, guys. We now have that. anyone by putting a, you know, 30-second clip of music in that is going to inspire however many people to go buy that music. That's generally how, like, fan. they were like, well, it's illegal to do this, but you're giving back to the original source material because of that. That's mm. a huge... And now it's, like, a huge part of where... Think of vids, for example. Mm-hmm, a yeah. lot of musicians' revenue is generated from, like, fan vids on YouTube mm. because they go yeah. and slap ads on it, and that goes to the rights holders. And that was kind of why it's like, you know, technically, if this was brought to court, And, you know, even as much as people like to pretend that fanfic is is legal, there's not very much case law for it. I don't know in any countries where there is much case law about it. I'm not saying that's true like around the world, but I don't know very much. So there's a lot of people that assert that it's illegal. Yeah, but we we don't have the court case. And there's some areas that is more legal than others. Like Canada specifically made like a YouTube exception in their copyright law that makes it a lot more legal for you to post vids on YouTube. So Mm -hmm. there's some people working it into the law, but how legal music is in Podfix, especially since people are using 
the complaints I've heard about putting entire songs in a podfic have less to do with the legality yeah. of it and more people being like, that's too long. Cut it down. Yeah. yeah and I, I mean, that's definitely one of those things that people have varying, you know, opinions on. And I think less common now, but very common in the beginning where people would post a music version and a non-music version. And that does still happen, but not as much, I think. I don't think that was because of legality concerns. I think that was... I thought it was because of preference, yeah. Well, it was It was more for accessibility concerns. There were people oh, saying yeah, that, that it would detract from the podfic or they couldn't understand if, like, there's music layered under the talking. Mm, yeah, okay. And that kind of got generalized to, like, have a music and non-music version, even if you weren't layering the music and the talking, but... Interesting. There's a lot of history to how fandom does things in general but music and sound effects is definitely part of it i guess moving on because there was like four parts to this i was a little disappointed however that there wasn't more in the way of practical advice on the technical aspects of using sound effects and music a while ago i recorded my first radio play style podfic and it proved really difficult to find information for podfickers on the technical aspects of how to go about doing this Several other newer podfickers I know have also had problems with this and with normalizing music appropriately when it's included underneath spoken text. So I think it would actually be really helpful to me if you could all discuss some of the more technical aspects, or at least provide links to people who do. Which is kind of awkward because two of you don't use Audacity. Yeah. <laughs> and I like started madly being like, I really like the equalization tool and like do this and do that. But I have like a very small bag of tricks. I don't really feel yeah. qualified to answer this question. I mean, if somebody knows of a tutorial or something or a post or something that gives specific step-by-step details, then that would be great to link. Yeah. Lunchy has one of those for GarageBand, although it's quite a few years old at this point. Yeah. Honestly, most of the sound effects that I've used that are inherent in Audacity, uh-huh. I just used because I just went through all of them. <laughs> I was like, I need a sound effect. Let's try them all. Yeah, I think trial and error is a big part of doing any kind of above the basics in, in pod picking. I will say for a lot of the really basic ones in Audacity, equalization is your friend. They've got a number of filters within that where, like, there's a telephone filter, there's a walkie-talkie filter. I use the bass cut one a lot when I'm doing slightly mechanical voices like Tony in the Armor or Jarvis. Mm -hmm. Equalization is the best advice that I have when it comes to technical stuff in Audacity. (laughs) Cool. Uh, The other thing that Dragon Girl mentioned, while this episode talked a fair amount about incorporating existing music in Podfic, It didn't really discuss composing and recording original music for Podfic. I know there are a few of us in the Tolkien fandom who are doing this now, but is this a thing that happens in other fandoms? Which I thought was really, really cool. I might have listened to stuff that was original and I wouldn't have even known it. Yeah, I can't think of any. I have one example, and it's not going to be a well-known one because it didn't properly happen. In a charity auction, I bought someone who offered me Podfic, and because I paid above what they wanted, they wrote an original song to go with the Podfic. Wow. And they gave me the recording of the original song and then never got around to the Podfic. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) originals 
uh, music was on YouTube, but it was not so specific. It was like more like the themes of the story that it's kind of just out there as original music. It's yeah. a nice song. I really like it. And I see how it's related to the podfic, but it didn't quite make the podfic part of it. Yeah. <laughs> the only other examples that I can think of, though, other than like bits where the pod figures just start singing something because it's part of the story. Like, I, I can think of examples where people included Filk, and I think I talked about them in that episode. But those are, like, pre-existing Filk that just gets put in. Yeah, I can't think of an actual fandom where it's a norm. Yeah. So if it's happening in Tolkien fandom, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Link with examples would be awesome. Yeah, or let us know if you know other fandoms where that's that's a thing. Mm. Let's see. We've got another question from Litra, which somehow got separated from the first one. And that is, what are your thoughts on opening and ending tags? Title, description, warning, things like that. I don't do it and I'm not into it. A lot of the times they'll do the summary and then the summary will be the first couple lines of the story. So it's really redundant. I figure for me, as a listener, I'm looking at the tags on the post and I can, you know, make decisions based on that. Yeah, I don't need to hear five minutes of explanation. I know people will like that. I have the opposite feels. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes um, I know I've commented on a couple of podfix about how they've said the tags and they've actually made it entertaining because of either the way they've said it or the tags themselves. But generally, I yeah, it doesn't do anything for me. I'm not going to stop listening. (laughs) You're including warnings and stuff. It's not something I I need as a listener. So, so what's your preferred amount? Title and author? Title, author, reader. Let's listen to the story. I love the end. If people don't see the end at the end, that bothers me more than anything because I'm like, <laughs> are you finished? Is there more? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to be in the middle here. I basically would do title, author, and then I kind of do fandom pairing. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think if there's any large warning, if there is a warning for like Dubcon or, you know, whatever, I would do that large warning just because I feel like just in case they mm-hmm. haven't read the thing, that's the most important thing. I never really do summary or or anything like that. Yeah. And it does particularly bother me that one you said where if it's the first yeah. line, <laughs> they do the first line again. I'm like, even if you normally do the summary, surely you're going to yeah. read that and be like, this time Here's I won't do the summary. Don't do it this time. But, yeah. <laughs> I kind of like end notes, like when they do like kind of free talk at the end. Yes. Yeah, I quite like um, that. I think it's kind of interesting. And I think we talked about this at some point and somebody said they didn't like the idea of they wanted to know how was how much was left <laughs> at the end of the story. And if there was free talk, it, that number got off. But yeah, that I don't. That was someone commenting. Oh, right. Okay. I am not the hugest fan of free talk at the end. So yeah. I apparently have the opposite feels of people here. <laughs> My preference for tags is, especially opening tags, is really reflective of my listening habits because I have huge libraries Mm -hmm. of podfic. At this point, probably thousands of podfics downloaded. And I don't remember what they're about. Like, I'm not (laughs) looking at the summary. I'm not looking at the tags when I go to listen to it. I'll just be looking at, like, here's, like, 200 files in a folder. They're all... Like I I have them separated by fandom, but that's about it. So then it's like, do I want to listen to it or not? Like half the time I do it off the reputation of the, the pod thicker, but like, I don't always remember what the story is, even if I've listened to it before. So having that summary there is really useful to me. I don't do 
tags when I read, mostly because tags weren't really a thing when I got started. I know some people do. They, eh, I can go either way. Like if they're short or humorous or whatever. If if someone has like twenty content tags, though, I don't need to hear them all. Even though, like, going by content tags is generally how I find what I'm going to read. I don't have that much opinions on them in Podfic. It's funny, I don't include fandom and pairing, though, because I'm so monofanish and I'm so OTP-ish that, like, that's the one thing I do know just based on the file being there. At least historically, like, now that I'm in Marvel fandom, which I do have multiple pairings for, I kind of overcame that with my meta-tagging style, but... Yeah, so I do include the summary, although I will generally skip the summary if it is a repeat of the first sentence. I say that, but I I probably have done it once or twice, or it's like the second line, really at the top, but I read it as the summary anyways. Yeah, so I, I do like having that summary at the beginning, even though summaries aren't always that descriptive. It's generally enough to trigger my memory of like, do I want to keep listening to this? Is this what I'm in the mood for? So that's why I have all that information in my tagging at the beginning. I don't tend to actually include the full warnings. I might refer back to the original Podvic post and be like, for warnings, please see the Podvic post because I'm weird about spoilers that way. I don't, even though it doesn't bother me as a listener, I don't know. I'm just aware of other people being bothered by that. Yeah. End notes. I, I mean, I'm not, I don't have a lot of feelings about end notes. Knowing that it's the end of the podfic is definitely useful. And there's been a couple times when I'm like, wait, why did this suddenly stop? Not realizing that it was the end. <laughs> yeah. Like my reader's notes are more formulaic than I think a lot of other people's. Because at one point someone said that they wanted links in the end notes. So I started adding them. So I will like read off the link to where you can find the fic. Like I generally just say like archive of our own dot org slash work slash one, two, three, four, five or whatever the yeah. number is. But that was just based off user feedback, I don't think most people actually care about it. (laughs) I will sometimes put really brief, like, I had a lot of feels about this, that's why I recorded it. And I don't mind when other people have, like, brief free talk. If someone has really long free talk, I tend to fail out of it, though. And I I don't begrudge it being there. Mm. I'm generally like, okay, I'm done. For someone who loves Puffic and the whole process of it, that's really strange in retrospect. Yeah, it does seem like a weird. <laughs> <laughs> and if I do listen to it, I generally only listen to it once because I often re-listen to Podfix a lot. Yeah. But once I know that story, I'll just, nope, done. On to the next. I'm more likely to read it if you have it in the author, like in the notes of the post than I am yeah. to like enjoy listening to it. I don't know. I'm weird. I'm realizing that's super weird. <laughs> I don't really think that's advice for what other people should do. We covered the whole range there. It's just, it's a preference thing. And I don't really have strong feelings about other people's. Like, I do what I like to listen to the most. But, like, if someone has really brief ones, I'm not like, ugh, why don't they have bigger summaries? (laughs) How dare they? Our last questions. Mm -hmm. This is from part of the talkback that came in just as we were starting this episode. Yeah, here's your first question. At the end of the episode on Teen Wolf, Dodifica said, ask us anything. And my immediate first thought was, Dodificus is from Australia. Do all drains in Australia really lead straight to the ocean? Or did Finding Nemo lie to me? You're from Australia. You should know. 
And I think I'll just answer by quoting <laughs> what I said as we were listening during the start of the episode. I think I said, fucked if I know. <laughs> How the fuck would I know? <laughs> because you're an Australian. What, like- I don't know if you guys noticed, but a show is really big. No. Hey. <laughs> but I'm going to say no. All streams do not lead to the ocean. And Finding Nemo did lie to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rena. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this. Harsh. But it's all a lie. There are no talking fish living under the ocean. And all streams do not lead to the ocean. <laughs> Real talk with Dodie. I know, right? <laughs> We're going to have to put, like, warnings at the start of this. <laughs> okay, so here's the next question. What is the weirdest or most unexpected place you've ever recorded a podfic? Tell us all about it, please, and thank you. My first thought coming out yeah. of this was, and I said this to Jen, was, why is she asking this? She knows she was there. <laughs> I think Very we, should, we should just leave it there. No one else needs to know. <laughs> I think you should. I think enough said. <laughs> enough said. Uh, How about you, Dodie, though? Because you weren't there. I, I record sitting at my computer. I've never recorded anywhere else. To be fair, that podfic that we recorded with Rena was never posted. But it I was still recorded. have it. I keep meaning to like clean it up one day. Oof. It might happen. Okay, and, and Rena's last question. What do you do when you've fallen into a fandom and you love it to pieces, but there's only three pod fix for the whole fandom and you're the person who made them? How do you dupe con your friends into recording pod fix and fandoms that are very tiny or that aren't really familiar with pod fic? And I think you answered this before, Parika, didn't you? I don't think it was during the proper recording, though. No, but you, you said it, so go ahead and say it again. <laughs> This happens to me, like that's what happened to me with American Idol, and I'm currently going through it with Daredevil. Um, when I fall into a fandom and I have high expectations for what an acceptable level of podfic is. <laughs> and mostly, one, I just record as much as I can, which is I'm not that prolific. So, Rena, you can totally do better than me. <laughs> record as much as you can because, yeah, there are podfickers that just will go and listen because... Mm-hmm. It's by pod figures that they recognize. And if you get enough of that happening, people will start reading in that fandom and recording their own. So that's a good way, like recording podfic in that fandom yourself. But this time with Daredevil, what I've been finding really effective, even though it hasn't, no, it has come to fruition, is as I read good fix, I wreck them on, on my Twitter account or wherever you're, you're prominent. Sending out those fic racks makes people who are like already casually interested in that fandom, they're like, well, now I know where the good fic is. Yeah. This year, I'm hoping ITPE will have a lot of Daredevil pod fic. And that was a lot of just like, I got excited about it and started wrecking things on my Twitter and other people who were slightly interested or who had been in the fandom but didn't have anyone to talk to about it suddenly yeah. did have people to talk to about it. And it there's like a, a group of us that I kind of feel like there's going to be like, you know, three to five of us just all making presents for each other if, <laughs> if the mods are playing that game where we're all making Daredevil podfix. So that's how it's worked well for me. If you're not someone who podfix, I mean, again, wrecking stuff to other podfickers works. Dr. Fumbles McStupid and I are slowly like trying to get Rose Creighton into Daredevil because she's not really interested in the fandom. 
but we know her fic kinks because we listen to a lot of her podfic. And we're like, oh, this kid fic, it looks just like something you'd love. You're so sly. Or this, like, ABO or arranged marriage. So she started reading Daredevil stuff when she's not actually interested in the fandom. And so we are slowly winning her over. I think she might fold any day now. We'll see. Wow. <laughs> like, that's one way to go about it. If you like a pod figure, who might, like, I, I'm not saying suddenly start spamming pod figures with mm. links to fix that they're not in the fandom of, but if you know them at all or if they're multi fanish or whatever, that could be a way to go about it. I, look, it, it's worked for me in the past. Like, I've liked fix, and Sadie Ain has, she's known the fix that I've liked. She's like, ah, oh, this would be so cool as a pod fic. And I'd be like, oh, okay, I'll record this. Eight hour suits, pod <laughs> <laughs> So wow. as a pod picker, it can work. <laughs> the other, like, I was going to say guaranteed way, but it's not actually a guarantee at all. But, like, keep an eye out for the fandom charity auctions and buy a pod mm. ficker. Because there's a yeah. lot of pod figures there that'll say I'll record in any fandom. Yeah. Double check with them that they're willing to record the genre that you're looking for so they don't end up like poor Dodie. Now we're on to some racks. My favorite part. Okay, so my wreck this month is Teen Wolf. It's called A Simple Life, uh, read by Mothlights. I've wrecked this in my journal before. Like, it's so good. It's about Derek who is, you know, as in canon, he's just lost his sister. You know, he's kind of at a really low point. He's ready to give up. And he comes across this fox in the woods and the fox is Styles. He's not a weird fox. He's not magically turned into a fox. He is literally just a fox. Throughout the story, he kind of magic happens. I think he knocks something in Deaton's vet, vet clinic or something. And he slowly becomes able to communicate with Derek. And it's just, I mean, you know, with characters like Derek, you just want them to be happy. You just want them to get what they want in life and just not be a big ball of, of yeah. gloom. <laughs> and yeah, this story is so emotionally satisfying. I think in my comment to Moth Lights years ago when I first listened to it, there's this Styles keeps saying, I love you. And in his, you know, mind meld with Derek. And just the way that she reads this repeated line throughout the story, it shows this whole character development. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. Just the way that she changes. The way that Styles says this one line just shows how their relationship is developing. It shows how Styles is developing as as a person with a consciousness or a fox with a consciousness. It's just, yeah, it's it's a really stunning pod fit. The emotion that she puts into it, the energy and kind of foxiness that Styles has, it, it was an mm-hmm. amazing experience. I loved it. That sounds great. Yeah. Okay, Jen, do you have any um, rights? Okay two wrecks they because it's december they're both christmassy ones oh you um, i've been in the mood for yeah i did i've been in the mood for <laughs> christmas music and christmas decorating and yeah i actually went quite early into the christmas last month you wrecked a christmas i was already talking about it last <laughs> month. we we were burgled and it really brought me down like end of november i was like all freaked out and i needed comfort stuff so yeah. we were close enough to christmas that i just dove on everything christmas i watched like white christmas like mid-november which is <laughs> unheard of 
I started listening to the music, everything. It was a total blanket comfort cuddle situation where I was just like feeling unsafe and horrible. So it actually worked for me really well. And one of the things I did was listen to lots of Christmassy Ponfic if I could find it. Um, and one of the first ones I listened to, which kind of started off my little slide down, down the holiday spiral was Keeping Up Appearances During the Holidays, which is read by Rena Jenkins and written by Tassos. Um, and it's a Hardison Parker leverage fic. And basically I found it because I was looking for leverage fic. I've recently finished watching Leverage, which I know I'm behind the times and <laughs> freaking loved it. And I've been reading a lot of reading and listening to a lot of Hardison Parker, Elliot stuff, or just Hardison Parker, you know, pretty much anything you can find. Um, and this is like, I don't know if you guys watch Leverage. I can't remember. I think Dodie does. But like they go to, you know, they have those like fake undercover aliases as FBI yes. agents and they go to like the <laughs> FBI holiday party. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, God. (laughs) I know. So, like, they're, you know, they're also going to, like, find out stuff about the new, you know, something about a new system, locking system, you know, whatever, like, safe or something as well. But mostly it's just because Parker freaking loves Christmas, which is the thing I love about her as a character, because I personally love Christmas, um, and I really identify with it. (laughs) She has, like, a really childlike zeal. This pod fic and the fic itself really, like, brings that out. Rena's got a great voice for Hardison because she gets that kind of like cheeky vibe going. Um, It's just a really adorable little missing scene that, you know, could totally have existed within the show. And and it's very happy making. And then in my just after that, my general searching for (laughs) anything Christmassy, I found a series of holiday podfix. It's just called the Holiday Podfix Series. It's done by Consulting Smartass. It is, they're all Sherlock fix. I think there's about eight of them and they're just short little ones. Like, you know, some of them are 10 minutes or so. A couple of them are longer. They're just like cozy little stories about (laughs) Sherlock and John. And I don't actually listen to that much Sherlock stuff. So this is kind of a departure for me. I just, it was the holiday thing that got me in, but a lot of them are so cute and they're just really, she uses a lot of great music, like some Christmas, some not. And and she just kind of like, they all, I just went from kind of one to the other, just being happy. And I think my favorite of them was called the blanket lifespan, which is about like this blanket that gets gifted to, to them when they're not a couple. And then like becomes this special thing to them over the course of their relationship. And it was just like this tiny present, but it, it meant a lot to them. And it's just kind of the lifespan of the blanket. Um, but it's, that's a good example. They're all like that. They're all like happy making, like it was just what I needed for my last month basically so really, um so yeah really good times all of those a consulting smartass is like such a staple in the sherlock fandom they do so many podfics good podficker I, I really enjoyed just like a nice i i tend to go a lot of times for kind of nice like steady narrative voices like i like mm-hmm. that kind of and she has they have you know that kind of just it's just a good storytelling voice you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed and it's nice it's kind of fun to have a whole series like that like they're disconnected stories but you know mm-hmm. you can listen to and you know for sure so i have one wreck and it is bite me by rs creighton written by chuckle voodoos and it is a daredevil matt foggy podfic like i went through my vampire phase when i was watching buffy as a teenager <laughs> and mostly i'm not super into vampire stuff these days but it was really cute it's sort of like a buffy fusion where Matt is a slayer and Foggy is a watcher, but they're both still <laughs> lawyers and their lawyer, like their firm, is 
do lawyer work for supernatural beings. So, so <laughs> they're like Slayer and Watcher, but they refuse to kill supernatural beings. They like have like these deadened stakes that can like slow you down but won't kill you because they want you to be a better evildoer or something. I don't know. Amazing. Okay. That's like kind of an interesting take on it. And then over the course of it, Matt gets into a bad fight with a vampire and ends up getting turned. And so then it's a little bit of him dealing with it and being like, the only food that smells good is you, Foggy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Hilarious. So it's quite enjoyable. I highly wreck it. And R.S. Creighton is just a really solid reader. So yeah, yeah check it out. Read. Okay, so thanks for joining us for this episode. Uh, January, you can look forward to us discussing how to deal with non-pod figure parts of fandom, which can sometimes be a little bit scary. It can. I hope everyone has a good end to 2015. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see you in the new year. Yeah. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.